Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us, it's all true, but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainer anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is our new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. So who you're talking to? This is Xbox 12360 on AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to our big crossover episode with special guest Eric Bischoff. That's right. It's all going down right now. We're also going to be covering the week's news. And then we're going to get to that very exclusive interview with Eric Bischoff. Sean will then join him on his show. Who's Sean? Well, I'll tell you in just a second. But first... Jimbo's on the couch. What's up, Jimbo? Hi, Christy. Hey. You look lovely in that dress. Why, thank you. I think I know what you're really saying. For you tune listeners out there, people. you should definitely tune in. <laughs> and Mark in the booth, how you doing? It's a good Wednesday. Hi, Christy. It is. Hello. And now the man who will be on Eric Bischoff's podcast a little later before we talk to him. First, we have the one and only Sean x Pog Waltman. Yay! Oh. Glorious. <laughs> hey, the adoration guys. must be overwhelming. How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? You oh, look phenomenal. You look lovely too. I f- I feel way better than I look. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> well, so then I you feel must be good feeling this really morning. good. You look dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had a great weekend. Um, what about y'all? Pretty good. I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? My mom was here visiting from Minnesota. So we did a lot of the girly Minnesota. stuff. Yes. The, the shopping yeah. and we go to the Real Housewives restaurants that they own and we, we do all that kind of woman stuff. Oh, you went to, uh, what's it called? Sir? Sir. We went to Sir yeah. and Pump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, isn't it Vanderpump? Uh, I was like, isn't it Vanderpump? Sheena, what's her name? Sheena Shea. She was just on uh, on Maria's show yesterday. Yeah. And we had her last week on Tomorrow's show. She's great. I love yeah. her. I, her and I have encountered each other many times over the years. She was on my short-lived web series, Shamsing and Shopping, mm. where I would go shopping with a celebrity and drink champagne. Why Too so much girly left. stuff. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm not going to talk about yeah. anything but wrestling for the, rest, yeah. for the rest of the hours. No, you're getting into some of the manly stuff. I was at the Bellator fights this weekend. There uh, we go. For yeah. Tito's retirement in this fight versus Chael Sonnen. And it was? Um, It was a great night. Yeah. It, was a great, it wasn't great for Chael, uh, but it was great in that he got paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, was there a few people there yeah, watching? Was One or two? Yeah, and um, a lot of, um, some people I, I, I met for the first time this weekend, the great, one of the, arguably the greatest pound for pound MMA fighter ever, um, in my eyes, uh, Kazushi Sakuraba. Oh, wow. The Gracie Hunter. And there's a picture right there. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he's a bad. He's dude. a legend. I mean, I met a lot of legends. Yeah. Last this weekend. Just, just yeah, Kung Lee. Oh wow. Yeah. There's a tweet from Kung Lee. <laughs> Awesome to finally meet this ninja. I'm a ninja. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. If he says it, then it must be That's true. That's Kong Lee. The, to, in my opinion, like for me, at least, if, if not the greatest striker, the most entertaining, the, one, the most exciting striker I've ever watched. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I was in Mark Out City mode. <laughs> hey, I'm, I will at 44 years old admit, like, I'm not afraid to be a Mark for things that I dig and you know some people I don't want to look like a mark then don't I, I, I <laughs> you know it's it's nothing wrong being a mark I mean where's the line though is it like it's okay to be like hey man I really enjoy your work but don't ask for a picture or it's okay to ask for a picture but don't ask for an autograph I don't know I, no, I don't it's just all about if how I want to take a picture with, with somebody we take a picture with so, the vibe how yeah. they're vibing with you kind of situation I always, yep. I always appreciate that you have that sort of attitude because I feel like um, maybe Jimbo and I are, are a little Markish, yeah. and you could call us out on it. And you choose not to, mark. and we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You're never like, take off the Bella shirt, Christy. So, met Nick Diaz. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, he and was. King Mo. Yeah, I was. You know, I'm a huge Nick Diaz fan um, for more reasons than one. <laughs> I knew he was going to beat Conor McGregor that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, it's easy to say after the fact, but I just, um, anyways, yeah, we met uh, Nick Diaz, and that's King Mo in there, too. And King Mo's fighting uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson coming up. Really? Yeah, they had the they had the press conference Yeah. after, after the Tito fight, and uh, they're going to have to fight at heavyweight, because they're both... Used to fight in 205, but Quentin Rampage Jackson looks like he's about 275 right now. I mean, or maybe even three. He's big. Yeah. Yeah. So, no 205 for that fight. I guarantee <laughs> no you that. No 205 live for them. No. No. Not going to happen. No. That, that would a... be very unhealthy for at least one of them to try to get to 205. Oh, man. So. I was at Pacific Coast Wrestling this weekend, and... Uh... Saw Kevin Sullivan. MVP yeah. was there. RVD. MVP. It was a really good show. Yeah, yeah MVP, MVP show. Uh, came to the fight with us. Oh, nice. Yep. Did yeah, he he, enjoy? He, sh- he shot me a text. He's like, yo. And he's like, oh, well, I was thinking about going to the fight, but if I can't go, I'm just going to go home. I'm like, don't leave. Come here. <laughs> so he took an Uber to the house. And, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great it show. It was great. And um, even made an appearance on Spike TV with uh, sitting next to Dan Hendo. Look who yeah. it is. So, anyways, Dan enough Dana about. On point. Is that a is that a big day for you, Sean? Being that on was TV a, big a little day. bit. Yeah. Well, not the TV <laughs> part. Just you know, seeing. All, I saw Brooke Hogan. Oh, it was I great love her. seeing her. Yeah. Known her for ever. Did you ask her about the all women's promotion that she's starting? Actually, she asked me about it. Uh, you know, maybe uh, helping out with that. I know the guy that's doing it with it. I didn't realize it was John Caffarelli. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one of the original Glow people. Mm-hmm. And I've known him for 25 years. So yeah, from what, what did you tell her? I'm not telling you what I told her. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Judo Jean LaBelle for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that? It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And I sat next to Josh Barnett for most of the fights. 
Now, when you're sitting next to Josh Barnett for these, is he giving you like, I would have done that? Yeah, that. And also, you know, talking a lot about pro wrestling. Yeah. Yes, definitely. He's, is he full-time commentator for New Japan now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They, they, I think they're, oh crap. I want to say they're signed for three more years to do it. So. Is it him and, him and Cyrus or no? No, him and Jim Ross. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I heard uh, Cyrus is now doing New Japan's Well, Jim commentary. Ross was just talking about it, saying that he thinks that the relationship between New Japan and Access TV will continue to grow. They're trying to maybe do some live shows on Access TV yes. for that are from Japan, even if it's in the middle of the night. And when they come to Long Beach... Jim is kind of putting it in the air. Hey, let's cover that. Let's do it. So they're really trying to uh, strengthen that relationship. And you may see more of New Japan on Access TV. I hope so. And I hope they get, and Josh was telling me they're going to get the TVs a lot more current, you know. Uh, yeah, with, so they're not behind. With, that would be yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> that would yeah. be really good. If they can get them like a month or three weeks out, that would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, what else is going on, Christy? Coolness. Well, I want to take this little time to remind everybody that we're on YouTube and iTunes as well. We would love it if you guys would like, rate, comment, subscribe. Please take a few minutes and write a review. You can do it right while you're watching the show, while you're listening. We would love it. We appreciate it. We do read them and we see all the love. So make sure you go to iTunes and like, rate, comment, subscribe. Do it all. We love you for it. And now I think maybe I would love to chat about some uh, news of the week. Break it down! X-Pac 1-2-3-16 Wrestling News. Well, the WWE has pulled some of the stars from their UK Championship Tournament from an upcoming WXW event that is going down in London on January 28th. So WXW released a statement, and they said, due to their WWE commitments, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, and Pete Dunne will not be appearing at this event, and actually the London Riots will be replacing Bate and Trent and will go up to face A4. So a little bit of change to the WXW card and they said that they're been trying to ask WWE if this is an ongoing thing or what's going to happen in the future with these guys and they haven't found out yet. So this of course leads to speculation that these guys are maybe going to be part of NXT TakeOver this weekend or maybe even be in the Royal Rumble match. So what do you think? Well, I I just know that I got a call about this about them pulling uh, talent from just a, not not WXW event necessarily, but like some of the UK events. Oh, uh, and I think they had to. Oh crap! I can't remember the the promotion it was, but they had to shuffle the card around, and they didn't take uh, Pete Dunn off of the card, and I forget who else was who else he, who he was supposed to uh, work with. Oh crap! Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, they just had to reshuffle the guard and uh, the the match. Pete Dunn and whoever the hell else um, was uh, just made a dark match as far as the I, you know the. Oh, okay, so he's still combat, competing but for it just Flow won't Slam. Be, I'm sorry, it won't be on Flow Slam. Yeah, I think that'll be what happens uh, going forward. Is that they'll be able to use, and I don't quote. Well, you can quote me on saying this, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm right. I'm just speculating, folks. Uh, I'm pretty sure what will happen is that all the the promotions over there will still be able to use WWE contracted UK talent. Just they won't be on the you know whether uh, whatever streaming service they have, whether it's Flow Slam or or any other 
streaming service. So the fans who turn up live still get to see them, and these Absolutely. guys still get to work. And yes. Yeah. Do you do you consider that like cross promotion? Like it's good for these promotions to be able to have guys that were on WWE, or is this hurting them? I I, I think it. You know, it's got its ups. It's got its positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. I think the. Uh, uh, what those are, obvious, <laughs> you know. So you're all, you're able to use, um, well, your stars, your your, you know, their homegrown stars are getting that that big exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's priceless. But um, they got I, I understand where WWE is coming from. Mm-hmm. And as long as the promotions are allowed to still advertise that they're going to be there, mm-hmm. fans that are going to come to see like a Pete Dunne because they saw him on the UK tournament show up and then they see other wrestlers they'd never heard of before and then they come back because they enjoyed the show situation. So it's sure. kind of like a win-win. It sounds like it's the Lucha Underground situation where like you could wrestle other places as long as you're not on TV mm-hmm. kind of thing. Correct. Except for Lucha Underground, I'm pretty sure that their guys can at least you know appear on streaming services yeah sammy said when he was on our show that yeah. lucha allows them to do that mm-hmm. cool yeah for how long <laughs> <laughs> good question well we all saw triple h at the uk championship let's talk about him <laughs> he accidentally stole the show at linda mcmahon's senate hearing this is absolutely hilarious so this was during her her hearing she is the nominee for the administrator of the small business administration <laughs> that's, that's a mouthful in right. donald to be in donald trump's cabinet and during these proceedings which you can see on c-span stephanie and triple h were there as well they were seated behind linda and were kind of trying to they weren't trying to steal the spotlight however new jersey's junior senator cory booker eyed them and apparently is a fan and he told linda right in front of everyone he said your daughter is far more fierce and intimidating than your son-in-law which got a lot of laughs and made one woman go hey that's sexist and uh hunter said but true you can hear all this in the video it's quite hilarious and then cory booker goes on to say you know i'm the same age as triple h and he looks like he's let himself slip up a little bit so maybe after this we should head to the senate gym and i'll help him get back into shape Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just hilarious and fun. You know, Stephanie and Triple H were at the inauguration as well. So yes. we're going to continue to see the McMahon name involved in these politics we got going on. Yeah, I guess so. I, I This confirmation hearing was... Is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's probably going to be the easiest one of any of the Trump nominees uh, for as far as getting confirmed. So why is that? Well, I look, look at the lighthearted, you know, banter going on there. That's a lot different than like a Rex Tillerson uh, confirmation or a Jeff Sessions confirmation hearing. Mm -hmm. So, um, some people are going, who (laughs) anyways, well, no, they were really ribbing like the secretary of education Mm -hmm. nominee and stuff too. So they were having fun over there on C-SPAN, just like we are here. And the WrestleMania 33 will be a lot of fun. But there's some speculation that maybe The Undertaker will not be able to be at WrestleMania 33. As we all know, he underwent hip surgery last September 2016. However, that reportedly was just kind of a temporary fix. And The Undertaker needs a full hip replacement. He'll be good to go for Royal Rumble this week, they're saying. But as far as the long term, he wants to wait until he's officially retired to get this surgery done. But there is some backstage concern that he isn't going to last to WrestleMania 33. 
So what do you think about this? People people speculating on the health of a superstar is always, I think, a little uncomfortable. But a lot of people are talking about this. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Whenever something like this comes up with The Undertaker, I always go back to this. Since almost the time that I first went to work in WWF in 1993, they were speculating on Undertaker's health and how much longer he had left in the ring. (laughs) So you just never know. I mean, no matter what said, you know, what speculated rumors about his health, Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I just, I'm a, when it comes to him, I'm a wait and see guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, we shall wait and see. Meanwhile, let's talk a little bit more about that Royal Rumble. It is going down this Sunday. That's January 29th. Live from the Alamo Dome. You can see it on the WWE Network. We've got matches from both SmackDown and Raw. And, of course, the 30-man Royal Rumble to determine who gets a championship opportunity at WrestleMania. So you're going to see Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Undertaker, and a slew of other stars in that one. Other matchups include AJ Styles versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. There is a no-DQ match for... For the Universal Championship, that's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. And Chris Jericho will be hanging from a shark cage up above. So nice. you can speculate what uh, antics he'll be pulling on that one. I haven't seen one of those in a while. I wonder if he's going to lower a key, like lower like some kind the of chain, weapon down yeah. on a, Toss on a string. Yeah. No, they go with the, they go with the whole, like, uh, you know, the whole big milk it by not just dropping it, lowering it down on a string. <laughs> that, that happened at a takeover recently. Uh, it was a TM61 versus the Authors of Pain, and they had uh, Paul, Ellering. Paul Ellering up on the top of a cage, and he lowered down a chain. Not something on a chain, but just a chain. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm sure Jericho will come up with something good. You're also going to see about for the Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte versus Bailey. There's a Cruiserweight Championship match between champion Rick Sw- Rich Swan, excuse me, and Neville, who is currently undefeated yeah. since he returned. And then you're going to also get a Raw Tag Team Championship matchup, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And then the SmackDown ladies, I'm excited about this one. Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Nikki Bella are going up against Alexa Bliss, Mickey James. And Natalia, and in the kickoff match, you're going to see Nia Jax go up against Sasha Banks. Oh wow, that's an interesting matchup. Have we yeah. seen that at all? I don't think so. N- no, they've oh. just been teasing it really on Raw. Very. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward. Well, I'm looking forward to the whole show. But um, some of the things that stick out to me are AJ and John Cena because they killed it last night, and mm-hmm. and they're in ring. Face to face. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. It was so good. Oh God, did you, you like? People were blowing up you with you see on that Twitter, shit? man. You're going crazy. Oh, well, I wasn't going crazy. I'm just like people bitch because John Cena is too, you know, milk toast. This and that. He has an mm-hmm. edge. He's a little bit heelish, and people bitch about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not going into a rant. <laughs> we well, can. I'm just not doing it. I'm no. not. Staying I went into one last week. And oh, okay. Check your Twitter feed we, if we want to hear the rant. Yeah. yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I love it. Well, one final little news tidbit for you. You watched Saturday Night Live last weekend. You saw Aziz Ansari rocking an old school NWO shirt. Wolfpack. Look at that. 
wolf pack. It's that's that's a good one. That's a schnazzy one. Yeah. Is um, can I use the word schnazzy when referring you can to a use whatever shirt? word you want? Well, that is schnazzy, and he looks good. I never knew Aziz was a wrestling fan, let alone NWO fan. He seems like someone that you would have run into over the years. Do you know him? No, no, never, never met him. Had no, I never heard his name mentioned as a wrestling fan, as a celebrity wrestling fan. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So very cool. That's Very awesome. Cool. Well, maybe we can rope him in. We shall see. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up our X-Pac 12360 News of the Week. I'm Christy Olson, the Managing Editor and Chief Correspondent of AfterBuzz TV's Pro Wrestling News Division. And we are going to be right back with Eric Bischoff. Stay tuned. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. We're back on X-Pac 12360. Joining us now, a lifetime entrepreneur. He grew up in Detroit, a huge wrestling fan known for his fighting spirit, shall we say. He would go Mm -hmm. on to become the president of WCW, executive producer of TNA, and of course, the notorious general manager of Monday Night Raw. He has produced 79 pay-per-view events, generating over $300 million in revenue. And his book, Controversy Creates Cash, is a New York Times bestseller. Please welcome the host of Bischoff on Wrestling, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Yay. What's up, Eric? Great to be with you guys. This is fun. I'm I'm doing a podcast where I actually get to see the people I'm talking to. I feel like I've entered a whole new level of technology. I'm really excited. You just did, man. (laughs) You Uh, never have to leave your house now. It does. It does give. I really like that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can we can set a studio up for you, right? It looks like you already got a hell of a setup there. Or no? No, I'm actually in my wife's office in beautiful downtown Cave Creek, Arizona, a little place we called Casa de Cave Creek. Um, but it's just a little office, and I'm just sitting here with my dog who's underneath the table. Hey, Stevie. Oh, so my God. We're is just that, hanging. Is that the dog I saw a picture of a couple weeks ago? Oh, my God. That's one of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen. Yeah, she goes everywhere with me, man. She's with me 23 and a half hours a day. Stevie you know, she is a she. She doesn't jump in the shower with me, but other than that, she's in the Stevie is a she, named after Stevie Nicks. After Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Here, here's, here's a little tidbit of information never before shared publicly. Jokingly, yeah. my wife gave me a hall pass for Stevie Nicks. Nice. Because she knew I was a big Stevie <laughs> Nicks fan. And it finally got to the point a couple years ago where she said, look, dude, you got to face reality. You're never going to be able to cash that hall pass in. So <laughs> I'll let you get a dog, and you can name your dog Stevie instead. So I said, hell yeah. At least hey. I'll get a dog out of the deal. Nice. <laughs> that, that reminds me uh, of... Halloween Havoc 96, I think it was, um, at the MGM Grand. The night after, it was either the night, no, it was the night before uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac was playing at the arena. And I brought, yeah. and Kurt, not Kurt Hennig and I went, and it was great. It was phenomenal, and you know, man. My, my wife, uh, as a surprise, you know, she got me a ticket uh, to Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac about two years ago here in Phoenix. Yeah. And actually, the ticket came from a, a mutual friend of ours and our, our, our daughters, who's a backup singer on The Voice. 
and we got a great seat and got to watch, you know, Stevie and Fleetwood Mac here in Phoenix. And uh, honestly, you know, they're not as perfect as they were so maybe what? vocally, <laughs> yeah. you know, 20 years ago. But damn, they are still so awesome. It's it still was magic. such a phenomenal show. It's magic, man. Lindsay it really Buck, is. Lindsay Bucky. Uh, was Christy? I don't want to get off into the weeds. I'm, <laughs> we could, I mean, we could go. This is kind of self Hey, if you guys want to talk old school rock, we got to mention Harden. Yeah, Christy McVie was there, oh, and um, it's it just, yeah, like I said, it was magic. It takes me to a whole different place. I could sit yeah. there for three hours, and I come out of that, and I'm just like, wow, where have I been? I felt like I've been on a spaceship. It's really cool. <laughs> when did you and know- I was straight. I didn't even get high. It was great. You didn't get high. <laughs> You're, I, I always I always figured you, obviously, for you know for obvious reasons, the beer guy and not so much the smoke pot guy. That was us. I mix it up a little bit. Oh, nice. Oh, hey. I'm enlightened. Nice. I'm enlightened. <laughs> well, when you when you get back to LA, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get together, Eric. I missed you when you were here last time. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a little bit of story about my first here. medical marijuana card before this show's oh, over. It has to do with a good friend of ours, Rob Van Dam. Nice. Oh. Yeah, very good friend and, and a guest on, on the show in the past. Eric, um I was I was thinking about where to start, but and people have heard, you know, about you know, the Minneapolis stuff and, you know, going to AWA, all that. Um, I want to kind of get right to when uh, you really, I mean, you know, after you started Nitro and, you know, Lex showed up. Uh, and then it, not long after that, word started getting around in the locker room, Eric, that y'all were, um, you know, trying to make plays on, on the, you know, trying to raid talent. And, uh, you know, we started talking about that. Nobody had really ever thought about jumping before, you know, and mm-hmm. and and the you know that talk started, you know, um, spreading through the locker room and got got back to Vince. And next thing you know, we had a. T- I don't know if you ever knew that he, um, you know, he got everybody together for a talent meeting over this, uh, and basically told everyone, "You're not fucking going anywhere." And no one's allowed to talk to anyone in WCW, and that wow. just—I mean—or you're fired. And basically, I mean, that. I mean, okay, I'm just going to use one relationship as an example. Jack Lands and Bobby the Brain Heenan, lifelong friends, and it just crushed Jack. You know, uh, he couldn't talk to Bobby. Uh, but did you know that that happened? No, I didn't know it. Certainly didn't know it. Um, but I'm not surprised by it. Having you know been on both sides of the equation, so to speak, and and also you know working with WWE and having been in the position I was, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think it's one of those things that you know, as you pointed out, not a lot of people know that. Yeah, um, I I certainly didn't know it until this moment, um, but it it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, there's He's a lot fighting of, for his life, man. How many? Right, exactly. And well, I mean, he did. He was already fighting for his life before. Uh, before I mean, he you know he was. Scrapping with the with the federal government, you know, just uh, biz, downturn in business uh, and all that. And then, you know, so when uh, you came along that it ended up being a blessing in disguise down the road. But I mean, man, yeah, that was definitely definitely a, a threatening the life of the company. So, yeah, you know, what's really interesting to me, Sean, and I, I, w- I talked about this. I, I think it was last week. I had Jim Ross on my show. Yeah. And we were talking about what's going on internationally. You know, with the, the the growth of the independent scene internationally, what's going on in the UK? I know you spend a lot of time over there. Yeah. 
New Japan is, you know, coming over to the United States. So there's this big, you know, movement internationally for these different organizations to to start exploding. And it was interesting to me how WWE is kind of um, making sure they get their fingerprints on the right organizations. Yeah. And I don't want to say influencing or controlling, but they're certainly making their presence felt. And my question to Jim with two things that I want to point out. My question to Jim was number one: um, Does does this appear to, to Jim, or to, in this case to you, Sean, yeah. that this is really WWE's way of trying to control the competition? Uh, and is there a risk of WWE dominating the international territories and putting them out of business, much the way? the way WWE, WWF back in the day did to the regional territories when they decided to go national. Right. And you, you pointed out, you used the word, you know, I was raiding talent, you know, and I'm, you know, I asked Jim, what's the difference between what I did, which is offering people another opportunity in a different place to work than what Vince McMahon did when he raided the regional territories. Right. You know, it's like raiding is in the eye of the beholder. Well, that's just what I was going to say, depending on which point of view you're taking. The one that's getting raided or the one that's trying to acquire talent. Right. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I think everything is, uh, well, not everything, but so many things that are just dependent on your point of view. But Absolutely. Uh, anyways, uh, I when I watch like the uh, Monday Night Wars uh documentaries on the network and and i've i've read like a couple of uh um i have i have some criticism criticisms of them and i i've read some of uh of yours and uh and they're fair but the winner makes the uh, the winner writes history so uh but when i was watching it eric i noticed like um and i don't want to make a big deal out of this but it's just it it kind of um and it's not a big deal but my uh, my version of how the whole like uh, us, you know Scott and Kev and I jumping uh, to WCW is different than the version that's on um, on uh, the, the network. network. Yeah, uh, not to go like. Anyways, I'll just get right to it. On the network, they talk about Dallas call, DDP calling up Scott or Kevin and and uh, you know. Uh, making the uh overture that way i seem to remember being in out here in la recuperating from an injury and meeting with barry bloom about something other than wrestling just movie stuff and he brought up the fact that you know the checkbook was uh was getting opened up in wcw and some big money was being thrown around and uh, i got i the first thing i thought it was get scott on the phone he wasn't happy and that's how that's my version of how it all started. Is that wrong? No, I, you know what? Honestly, I've gotten to the point now, you know, 20 or 25 years later that I don't really think there is any more right or wrong. And I don't think honestly. And I'm just going to speak for myself. I remember things a certain way. Right. And I'm a human being and I have flaws and, and, and I have an ego. I have pride. I have a self-image. Um, and I also have a 25-year-old memory. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. sometimes you, you – re- People, I think it's a human trait to remember things the way you choose to remember them. And I think we're all guilty of that. Right. And I, I will, and with that said, that caveat, you know, established, you know, my recollection of it was really more probably aligned with pages 
in, because he lived right you know down the street from me and he you know whether I liked it or not we talked all the time usually he talked all the time and I listened but you know Paige you know what yeah, I mean yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> but you know Paige knew where we were going and Paige maintained relationships with people I never did right. I still don't to this day I'm not one of the, I'm not a phone friend um I I I talk to my own brother and sister maybe twice a year and I love them dearly. It's Sound just, just me. like me, Eric. <laughs> but Paige Paige maintained contact. And from what I remember, when when things started changing, because Paige knew where I was thinking, Paige said, and I don't know whether he reached out to you, whether he reached out to them, who he reached out to. But somehow well, the way I recall it is, you know, Paige really reached out to to Scott first. Maybe that happened simultaneously with you. Maybe you and Scott have a conversation. I don't know. But from my perspective, that's kind of what I remembered. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, we got on. that all cleared up. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get that because I, I didn't know if, if they, had, they had the story that way on, on the network just because, you know, nobody's a fan of Barry Bloom these days uh, or or what the deal was with it. Well, I know you're not. <laughs> we talked about that on, on uh, the first time I came on, on your show, uh, which getting ready to, uh, for all those that didn't uh, hear us earlier on, uh, when we're done with this, I'm going to roll right over into yours. But um, anyways, Eric, when, when I was on your show, um, well, no, I'm not going to go there yet. Sorry. When when I first signed with you guys, um, it was after Scott and Kevin. I was supposed to be the first. Do you remember? I like of the three of the three of us originally, at least in our group, the way we were talking, I was going to be the first one to jump. Um, and what happened was, um, I went to. Uh, I went to give my 90 day notice and my contract had already uh, rolled over. So I was screwed. And uh, so Kevin Scott could go, but I couldn't. And then uh, to, to shorten the story up, we had this uh, three week tour of Europe before those guys uh, came to work uh, for you, Eric. And uh, when we got back from that, I had to go into rehab. And that was my first rehab trip. Uh, and uh, I came out of that and uh Basically, Vince said, if you want to go to work for that billionaire asshole and be with your friends, that's a, that's the exact words he used. Exact words. As a matter of fact, I have it on tape, believe it or not. Um, so clearly he wasn't referring to me. No, well, it was all about <laughs> still. It was still about Ted. Yeah. It was all about Ted. But um, uh, basically he said, I'll give you a week to think about it and I'll let you go. So I, did you feel like you were getting damaged goods, Eric? Not at all. No? Not at all. I wouldn't blame you. Know, first you. of all, I, I didn't know that backstory, you know, but when the pieces started to fall into place, and, and again, I've said this before, I won't spend a lot of time here because people have heard it before, but it's not like I had this master plan all laid out and, you know, step one, step two, step three, right. step four, and this whole NWO thing was like this giant vision in my head. You know, a lot of it was luck sure. and timing. You know, I had a general idea of what I wanted to do. But I didn't have it broken down, you know, like you would a, right. a script. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, w I wish I could say I did because it would make me sound smarter than I am. Mm. Uh, and that's typically what people in the wrestling business do. But the truth is the pieces just kind of fell into place. And once you became available, it was just like so natural. And 
whatever had happened previously really didn't matter to me at no. all. It was irrelevant to me conceptually. Well, I guess, you know what, I guess that question makes me think that maybe I just, I felt like damaged goods. And really, I guess I did. Because, Eric, I don't know if you remember this, but when I first came in, I couldn't even spit a sentence. I was telling these guys, I couldn't even spit a sentence out when it came time to do a promo at first when I got there. Um, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, Eric must think, he, what did he just pay for? You know, so uh, and eventually, you know, I got more confident, confident uh, and got my seat. But, but you know what? You know what, Sean, if I may. And I don't mean to interrupt you on your show because sure. that's rude. And no, I no, don't please mean do. Rude. This is a conversation. This isn't, you know, line but, of question. But I think, you know, and I, I've said this to you. Uh, I, I mentioned this to you in, in a, a different context previously. Yeah. But what I saw in you, look, I had Scott Hall who could talk his ass off for as long as we could find power to the building to, to keep the audio going, <laughs> yeah. he could talk. Then I got Kevin Nash. Same thing. Yeah. All right. Maybe not quite as great of, of a talker as Scott, in my opinion. They were different. different yeah. Hard to say one was better than the other. But if I had to put a value on one or the other, I'd give Scott a 10 plus and I'd give Kevin a 10. Sure. And then there was Hulk Hogan in the mix and he could talk. So I didn't need a talker. I didn't need somebody else that was going to fight for mic time. Sure. What I needed was a vibe. What I needed was a look. What I needed was an energy that when people saw it, it just had that edge and that rawness. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. It had that, that relevant cultural vibe to it that you brought to the table. And quite honestly, if you were mute – it wouldn't have mattered because you just brought that vibe to it. And, and I think you underestimate yourself. And I think people that look at the success of the NWO, because it's real easy to go, oh, it was Scott Hall, it was Kevin Nash, it was Hulk Hogan, it was this, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. It was a sum of all the parts. And you were just as integral of that part as, or of that total or of that, the sum of that total as anybody was. I, I, I get what you're saying. I just know how. I, I think I'm pretty fair with uh, when I look back at, at things involving my career and how I was. I think I'm pretty fair, and I have a pretty good, like you know, uh, objective about as objective as you can be when it comes to yourself. And I just think, like, you know, it just it wasn't my strong suit. The promos, my sh in the ring, man, and and that's where my confidence was. And uh, um, so, I appreciate you saying that. But um, but, it's, but it's true, and it's like a good movie. A great movie isn't about one character's or one actor's ability. Right. It's about the cast, and it's about the chemistry. You know, Hulk Hogan wasn't really good at flying around the ring doing a bunch of crazy stuff that made people go, whoa, did you see that? You were. Yeah. You know, each one of you had your own role, and it's – I mean, I've said that before. The NWO was and is, and we'll talk about this. Later, yeah. You know, one of the most successful, I think, ideas in wrestling, because, not because it was the greatest idea in the world, but because it was one of the greatest casts in the uh, world. Yeah, it was. And, um, oh, yeah, just amazing cast. Uh, we'll get – like, speaking of cast uh, – Later, when we we'll talk about the NW later, and I want to bring that up about the cast and you know how big it got. But <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, um, Eric, uh, when when I was on your show, you, you brought up uh, you asked me about uh, drugs and drug use, mm -hmm. and um, I I kind of uh, I don't know. I, I didn't understand the 
maybe the question at verse when I was trying to answer it, but because um, I thought you were just talking about pills and all that, but we were discussing, I think you were really, what you were getting at was, you know, PEDs, yeah. it seemed like, and um, um, it made me, it made me start thinking, like, after we had the conversation, um, we, Eric, I know you guys had drug testing, and you had a drug policy in place, but Man, we we honestly didn't feel like you guys really had one there. Uh, I don't remember ever getting tested. Well, I, I know I didn't get tested. Matter of fact, I uh, when I did show up to the Georgia Mountain Center one time and there was white lab coats there, I got in the car and turned around and left. Because <laughs> I'm just being honest, and I know you can't fire me now, but... Um, it's, were you guys trying to catch people, uh, Eric, or how serious was your drug testing from your point of view? I'm going to be 100% honest here, and, and I've always tried to be honest about this. Um, I think drug testing was something that we felt we had to do, was something that we felt if we didn't do, we were vulnerable. It's a little bit like risk management, right. you know, in a big corporation. There's certain things you put into place just to make sure you don't get sued. Um, not that you necessarily want to, but you yeah. have to. And I think there were there's two things that, that maybe three that I can say about our drug testing. One, it was something we felt like we had to do, not something that we felt we wanted to do. Right, right there is a flaw. Right there is a flaw in the system. Uh, or it, it indicates that there could be one. The second thing that I think is fair to say, and is not a criticism of our policy or even the WWE's, WWS policy at the time, but drug testing now versus drug testing 25 years ago, whether it's the Olympics, the NFL, or as an airline, airline pilot, commercial airline pilot, completely different yes. things now than they were back then. Procedures are different. The number of companies that actually you know, because you hire people to do it. You don't do it yourself. You don't like hire a couple doctors and put them on staff and do it yourself. You outsource it. So the companies that were outsourcing that kind of thing weren't very sophisticated. We relied on them. That's not a cop out. That's a fact. Sure. We re we outsourced it because we didn't have a need to do it across Turner Broadcasting. It was specific to WCW. And those companies that we use really weren't very sophisticated. Therein lies another flaw. And then the third component of that was we didn't really have a discipline structure in place. And that was internally. That was our fault as management. My fault. I'll take that one. Because, A, we weren't that serious about it. I think we were trying to do it to protect ourselves. Sure. We just did what we felt we had to do. And there were a lot of – you could drive a truck through some of the holes yeah. in our drug policy. And that's not a secret. And I'll admit to that. Um, were there – looking back, Eric, if, if you can remember, were there any – like, did you ever even think about, oh, God, when you walk by somebody, oh, my God, that guy's gassed to the gills, or, hey, I want, that guy looks like he's, you know. I mean, were there, was it was it something that you ever thought about, Eric, or was it just something that, like, hey, as long as everybody's not getting in trouble and, and everybody's healthy, uh, whatever. Like, You know what? In, in Turner Broadcasting at that time, you know, in WCW specifically, Turner Broadcasting while I was there, the company was really broken down into three pieces. There was the legal side yes. of the company. There was the financial side of the company. And then there was the operational side of the company. 
And the legal department didn't re report to me. I had no – there was a dot – what they call a dotted line in corporate structure. There was a dotted line, but I couldn't hire or fire. Right. I couldn't force. I couldn't tell people what to do. They were just kind of there doing their own thing. And they reported to the legal department in Turner Broadcasting at a whole different level than I did. Same was true in finance. I had no control, despite the urban narrative to the contrary and the Monday Night War content that's out there that suggests otherwise. Right. I didn't have control over the budget. That was something that was, you know, I had a, a hand in creating it and I had to justify either, ex or, you know, falling underneath our goals or take the pat on the back for exceeding them. But the budget was allocated to me by people above me in a division of the company that had nothing to do with me. So because drug testing came under the legal side of the business, uh -huh. I kind of took a, a Switzerland approach to it because it wasn't my deal. As long as I facilitated it the way I was told I had to facilitate it, I kind of let it operate itself. So to answer your question more specifically, if I walked by some individual and I went, dude, I've been around a business for 20 years. He's gassed to the gills. He glows in the dark. Come on. It wasn't my job. Now, hey, I'm that with sounds, you on that. Sounds, sounds horrible. It's it not. Maybe may a flaw, but the structure that I was working within at that time um, is what it was. And I was, I'll, I'll use the word guilty. I was guilty of that. Hmm. I, I choose not to look at it that way, Eric, because I just think that if a guy's not hurting anyone and, and they're not a danger to anyone else, they should be able to put whatever they want in their bodies. But that's a whole other conversation, I guess. Um, <sighs> Wow. Well, um, you guys have want to jump in here or what? Yeah, we have. Well, we have some great fan questions, yeah. actually, since you're talking about working with the talent anyway, Eric. And I don't know how much you keep abreast of the current WWE programming, but uh, Jason Worthing said how. Oh, I'm sorry. He, oh, no. Daryl, Jason gives us a lot of questions. Daryl McCleary said, if you were going to rebrand WCW today, what top five wrestlers would you pick from any any company? Oh, well, Kenny Omega is pretty hot right now. I just I dig the vibe. You know, it kind of reminds me of a of, a, of an X-Pac, you know, a modern day X-Pac. He's just yeah. got that cool vibe to him. Um I've said it before, you know, guy probably thinks I'm a stalker here shortly, but I, something about Dolph Ziggler, I just find him so entertaining. Yeah, I mean, his Dolph tweets Ziggler entertain me. You know, when I see him on TV, he's entertaining. The stuff that he can do in the ring, I think is phenomenal. I, I think he's like a heels heel character. You know, I, I just, there's so many great things I like about him. I like Kevin Owen because Kevin Owen to me is the, he's the everyday guy. I mean, he's the, you know, it, it, for viewers, and I think one of the reasons wrestling works is fans look at the characters, and yes, they're larger than life in so many ways, but deep down inside, fans look at wrestling characters and think, gosh, you know, I could be that guy. There, for the grace of God, go Come I. On. You know, and they fantasize about being that character. And the cool thing about a guy like Kevin Owens is he's, he, I mean, he's an amazingly talented guy. I know this is going to sound like a derisive comment i certainly don't mean it to be because i'm putting him over but he's not that you know larger than life john cena type of physique that so many people know deep down inside they could never achieve whereas kevin owens a guy that you know what that could be me someday as a viewer sure. mm -hmm. and i think characters like that are so important to the show so those are the types of characters you know i dig roman reigns i know i'm gonna probably get uh -oh. you know all kinds of heat for saying that <laughs> because for whatever reason 
I'm I'm in the minority on that one. But there's another guy. I just don't think we've seen everything that's below the uh, the tip of the iceberg. I think there's a lot there. I don't think you're in the minority at all, Eric. I just think that the people that dislike Roman Reigns are an extremely vocal minority. Mm-hmm. I really well, and that's do. always been the case. And I agree with you there. I think that's probably true. And I just, you know, I saw him, you know, just this morning, I, I saw him in a little uh, a commercial, a public service announcement with a little girl singing something about the tea. Yeah, I'm a little teapot. Yeah, I'm a little teapot. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. And I, it, it is, you know, he's a big, bad looking character. He's cool as shit. Cool as hell to look at, yeah. and but he's got that ability to be human, you know. And I, I, I just dig that in a character. Yeah, and and the thing is, Eric, you know, people might not like how he's, you know, his persona or whatever, and you know how how it's being presented. But when it comes to in the ring, he's holding up his share of some excellent matches, man. And I mean, even like house shows. I was I was at the house show they had here uh, Christmas week, and you know Roman Reigns and, and Kevin Owen just put on a hell of a show. Eric, a lot of those names you mentioned are possibly future Hall of Famers. A lot of our fans wanted us to ask you: Would you like to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Is that something that would be meaningful for you? Do you even care? Oh, you know, I only think about that about this time of year because I get those same questions myself. I, I honestly, I, oh, I really, this is like hard to talk about for me, but I'll do my best and I'll keep it short or try. I have two answers for that. Obviously, it's always great to be recognized by your peers, right? And I would be lying if I said that that wouldn't be important to me, it wouldn't be true. Um, but I will say that I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it either. And that's because it's my own personal belief. And this doesn't have anything to do with me. This is just the way I feel about things that I am a peripheral character. And I've said this before, if the WWE decided to have an executive wing (laughs) to the (laughs) hall of fame where people in the business side of the wrestling business, um, were recognized, then hell yeah, I think I should be there. In fact, I think there should be a statue of me there because I think in many respects I'm responsible, or at least partially, for the success that WWE has become today. Not that I planned it that way, but hey. I think the war, the battle, all of the things that came out of it forced WWE to grow exponentially, and I think indirectly – I'm responsible for that. In Actually, a very small Eric, way. if I can, if I can disagree with you, I I would think it would be a lot more. A lot, it would be very direct. You're in, like, it's not indirectly at all, man. You're just being <laughs> modest. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be a little yeah, bit honest, man. but I'm but I'm but I'm but it's honest. I, I feel like yeah. I am responsible to a degree, and I think as an executive, yeah, I would love to be recognized for that. But to be in the same Hall of Fame with guys like. You know, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair and, and and all of the guys that are in there that spent years learning their craft inside of the ring. I don't feel like I'm in that neighborhood, bro. I just it feels a little weird to me. Fair enough. But I mean, I, I don't I, let's just uh, make one thing clear, though. You're not going to turn it down when it happens, right? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, first, of all, first of all, I don't think it. First of all, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to happen. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of dynamics involved, and and 
I, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think about it. I'm not assuming it'll happen, and I won't be disappointed if it doesn't. Right. I would. Here's my deal. You know, if I get a ticket and get to go once a year, I'm thrilled to death because the, the Hall of Fame is actually the most exciting part of WrestleMania weekend for me. Yeah. And it's not putting down the action in the ring and the event itself, but there's just something that's so real and emotional um, about the Hall of Fame that for me personally, it's the best part. Right on. I hear you, um, Eric. I want to I want to go backwards a little bit because sometimes I I jump around, uh, and uh, so I want to bring it bring it back to. Do you remember the first time you fired me? I don't remember the first time. I think I remember the last time. The only you think like okay. Well, I always remember the last thing of everything, no matter what it is. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, I, I'm just going to set this. All right, there was a tag match I had with uh, with Scott Hall in Orlando, what's now the Amway Arena, and it was for Monday Nitro, live on Monday Nitro, and we're wrestling Harlem Heat, Eric. And for some ridiculous reason, um, and I know we're heels and everything and caught up in the moment, but on live TV... I ducked a clothesline, and I gave Booker T a spin kick, took his head off. And then I looked over at Stevie in the corner, and I pointed to my crotch, and I said, S my D mother effer, and right live on camp, boom, right there. Well, get, there you go. I get, can't blame me for you firing didn't fire, you. That's, that's just it. You didn't, fuck, you didn't fire me, Eric. I got back, and you were very cool and calm about it. You, you went, really good match. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And you went. That's my D mother effer. And I went, oh, oh. And I went, oh, I got caught up in the moat. And you just, I mean, you just, you didn't let me have it like like an a-hole. But basically, you're, and you took a lot of heat for that, Eric. I don't know if you remember, but you did. And uh, you find me five Gs, and I got it back in my paycheck. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um not long after that, I'm doing an angle with Flair where I come out and I grab and pull Flair down off the apron. But when I grab him, I grab him by the trunks. And, you know, the old Flair, he shows his ass thing. And I pull the trunks, his ass comes, you know, comes showing on, on TV. And I get back and you terminated my contract. <laughs> like your, your contract's terminated. And I, I, was, I couldn't understand why. And like, well, I'll I, tell you what, I was almost because Flair's ass was so damn ugly, right? you know, <laughs> I just, that was like the last straw, brother. I couldn't yeah. take that. <laughs> well, you, you rehired me about five minutes later so I could go have my match with Dallas. But uh, <laughs> that was actually the first time I got fired. <laughs> and and uh, I just, I really should have been fired for that ask my D mother effort thing. Oh, my mm. God. But, yeah, uh, I mean, look, that was early on, and things were a lot different then than they are now. You know, right. ironically, because everything has progressed. Well, I don't know, progress is the right word. Everything has evolved so differently, and there's so much more latitude in so many different things. But when it comes to television, even cable television, you know, te cable television used to be the Wild West. You could yeah. get away with stuff with cable television. Now it's like, you know, it's like NBC used to be 10 years ago. Well, you're, I mean, you're allowed to, you don't have FCC breathing down your neck, but you still have your in-house standards and practices. Well, you've got advertisers and that's what, right. you know, that's what I was reacting to. That's what everybody has to react to now is if you lose, you know, half a million dollars of the advertising because somebody decides to, you know, rip off a, you know, a live line on camera yeah. that offends advertisers, you know, that's expensive 
that's an expensive mistake. You know, somebody's got to be held accountable. And I oh, was, yeah. I was held accountable by people above me when it happened, even though I didn't yeah. do it. My job, my responsibility. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, um, Eric, when, you know, eventually I, I was really, really trying to get a raise and, and I'm leading up to when I actually did get fired. Um, and you know, um, people don't, don't realize it cause it was never something that was talked about, but I never actually signed a contract with WCW. Uh, I only signed a deal memo and you know, I was still like, you know, trying to get a raise, trying to get different things. And so, you know, the deal that we had uh, initially agreed to, I was like, I guess from your point of view, I was kind of like going back on wanting, you know, wanting to change the deal. Um, so that, I know you talked about that being a reason that you ended up letting me go, but it's hard for me to believe that it, it didn't have anything to do with putting Kevin Scott in their place. No, it it's, did come not. Come on, man. No, I swear to God. I swear to God. If it did, I'd tell you, especially 20 some odd years later, because I got nothing to lose. And those guys are my friends and you're my friend. So I got nothing to hide at this point in my life. But I remember that. That one I do remember because there was a third party involved and I don't want to bury him, you know, any more than I already have. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm an old school guy and I always have been. Yeah. If I look at somebody and I say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and we shake hands, I'm going to do it. Whether yes. I have a deal memo, whether I have a 45-page contract that I signed in blood, it really doesn't make any difference at all to me. Um, it is what it is. And when, and I'm not putting this on you and I'm not going to put it on any named individual, right. but you know, we, we had a deal, we had a, you know, as you put it, you know, we had a deal memo to me, a deal memo is a deal is pre precursor to a deal. It's that one or two pages where you sign the main deal points. So a bunch of attorneys can go in a room and they can put it into a language that attorneys understand. But to me, the deal was done. And then, and we started paying on that deal. That's we started right. paying you according to that new deal, which included a raise. And then when I got a phone call from this third party that said, yeah, I know, you know, we had a deal memo and I know you've been paying them for a few months based on that deal memo, but you know, we want to renegotiate that to me. I mean, honestly, God, yeah. I would, I, I would throw myself in front of a moving train before I would entertain that conversation. But the thing, the, the reason why we thought that that was how we could do things there is because that's how uh, things happen with Scott and Kev, as far as their deal getting mm -hmm. restructured, uh, Oh, it did because I remember when you had to bring like bread in, and at different times where they they receive raises, and 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 look, Eric, I get it. Like those guys were on a different level than I was as far as their worth. Um, that's just the facts. That's how that's how it was. Um, and their deal was structured way different than 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 mine was because I didn't have any leverage. I had none, and and they did. Um, they had well what they had, Sean, and I, and I think I don't remember. Bro, first of all, I didn't write those contracts. Okay, right. You know, you know, people say you know Eric wrote this into a contract, Eric wrote that into a contract. I, I ended up proving things, but I didn't write those contracts, so therefore I don't remember all of the details. And I've heard you know certain people who are still friends of mine yeah. talk about their deals in ways that I know are absolutely not true. But they tend to want to remember them that way because it helps get them over in certain ways. Sure. Our story, but, you know, we have our stories, and we, have, we tell we them how we want stories, to tell them, <laughs> including me. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm guilty right. of that as well, and I acknowledge that. But I do believe, for, for, in the context of this conversation, that Scott and Kevin had a form 
of favored nations. Yes. Not favored nations. It didn't mean that they were the highest paid, which is what some people choose to believe. But it meant that on a scale of one to ten, they were guaranteed to be guaranteed to be somewhere in the middle at least. Right. And so, if- yeah, bringing bringing a guy like Brett in would require a conversation, but you didn't have that. Gotcha. Exactly. And that's just how there was to it. But I felt like I had busted my ass and I was in matches. This was just how I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. I was busting my ass. I was in matches. And then like, okay, we had, uh, what was it? Super Brawl or, or no, Slamboree. And I was in the match with uh, Kevin and Scott and I versus uh, Flair, Piper and Kevin Green. And so I was like, after that one, and we killed it. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, now I'm really going to get my raise, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, so I felt like... You mean in addition to the one that you had already got? But, I, but no, I didn't really get that um, after I was there. You gave that to me before I even... You start, we started off at 200, and then you, you, you caved a little bit, and you gave me an extra 50. That was right off the bat. That's how the raise worked. So, um, so my raise didn't come after I was there for a while. Um, but, uh, anyways... You guys have a pretty good debate going on here anyway. No, it's not but, a debate. But no, we, well, but we debate. do need I'm to just, get into a debate before yeah. uh, before we finish up our time here with Eric. Yeah. But, um, crap. Well, you know what we can do? Anything else that I have to... We could uh, do another show next week. Well, no. How about this? Whatever, <laughs> I, whatever I don't talk about, uh, whatever I don't get off my chest here, we'll just uh, have to get it off on your show, Eric, in a little while. Yeah, Eric has to tell his RVD story. Too. I was yeah. just going to yeah. say, he got to tell us this RVD story. Yeah, but first, like, I want to talk about uh, something that a lot of people on social media um, have said they want us to talk about, and that's which one was greater. I don't know if that's a way of putting it. <laughs> NWO versus I think DX. it was more influential. Influential. Was the, was the way that they put it. Yeah. Yeah, so Eric had his fans of his show uh, vote on this on Twitter, and they decided that this is what they want to hear you guys talk about. Yeah, and that's a tough one for me, Eric, um, because being that, being that I was a part of both, you know, I, I feel like an integral part of both. I, I have love for, you know, for uh for both and and i i hate to i hate to you know maybe hurt anybody's feelings but i just might i mean who knows you can bro, bro you can't you cannot hurt my i love you to not death. your feelings maybe some, <laughs> I could, some you could not hurt my feelings no i'm not talking about yours i'm talking about some friends of mine my, my, <laughs> that might think Don't i'm gonna them. answer some of these questions show. screw them right and they're probably not listening either. <laughs> but, so you're talking dx versus nwo yeah eric you know, and, and this is something that gets, you know, debated uh, by, you know, all the time. And uh, where do you stand on that? You know, I, I, I can see both sides, not to be political or sound like a politician. In, but in my in my perspective, and this is me and my memory and my ego and my pride, I'm yeah. guilty. OK, let's put that right out there. But NWO was new. It was it was fresh. It was an entirely different take on wrestling factions because it was the Four Horsemen. You know, it wasn't like it was the first time there was ever a faction, but it was the first time that you ever had badass cool heels. Right. It was the first time that we saw so many of the antics and the things that we saw the NWO do backstage. Where, where the NWO, NWO story took place in parts of the arena that nobody had ever seen on camera before. 
you know, it broke ground in so many different ways that I think it paved the way and created a template almost for DX. And to this day, I still see more NWO merchandise than I see in DX merchandise. So from my point of view, because we got there first and because I think it still exists in the minds of so many people today, my perspective, at least, is that the NWO is the greatest faction uh, of all times in the wrestling business because of that and therefore probably more influential in the long run. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I see some of your I, I do see some of your uh, points for sure. Um, I mean, I'm here. I am about ready to make some of your points for you, Eric. But what the hell? I, I mean, did Keep you them happen, coming, brother. Keep them coming. <laughs> did you happen to watch Saturday Night Live the other night? I, I didn't, but I saw the clip. I, I, I did see the clip. That's I mean, a perfect example. It kind of makes your point for you, but I. Uh, did it damn it! Too I want watered down. Though? Damn it, Eric! I want to. I want to. I want to take DX's side so bad in this. Damn it. Uh, help me out here. Well, here, here let, let, me, let me help you. Let me help you. Because my co-host, Nick Hausman, who you're going to hear from yeah. later on, feels exactly the opposite. His response to me, and I, actually, you know, good thing he's in Chicago, and, you know, he's a little smaller than I am. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd smack him upside the head. But he said, yeah, but who cares? DX won the war. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, in in the right. end of the day, who survives? There's also well, that fact. Yeah, that's true. And uh, here's what happened too, Eric. When 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 I did end up finally sh showing up on uh, on W on WWE a day after WrestleMania, and I came out with my famous promo, you know, shoot my shoot promo against Young Hulk. Uh, uh, anyways, and everybody talks about, oh, what a great promo that was. It was great because it was real, but even that was rough. If you go back and look at it, it was really rough around the edges. But um, uh, I felt like I used, or we, I say I, but we, almost like some, you know, uh, judo in, in the situation. We used you your did. momentum against you. You uh, did. And, and again, having been on the receiving end of that hip toss, um, I can tell you, and, I, and I, I'll say it, I'll admit it. You guys did it better. We did it first. You did it better. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You know, and, and I, you know, this is, you know, not to be controversial. And look, those guys are, you know, I guess I'm not as close to the, the other guys in DX as I am to you, um, certainly. But I'll, I would say this to their face. Um, and I'd probably get my ass kicked in the process. But I'd say it anyway. That's, that's happened before. It's nothing new. Um, if it wasn't for you, I don't think DX would have would have been successful. I don't think it would have had the edge. I don't think it would have had the attitude to to be the attitude era represented. It needed you to get it over the way it got over. You were the catalyst. Otherwise, it would have been just another ripoff. I, I and 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 Eric, that's actually when uh, when when Paul called me. Um, Coincidentally, right around the same time I got my termination letter in the mail while I was sitting at home, um, I, uh, you know, that's basically what he said. He told me Sean's Sean has to quit, and we want to keep this DX momentum going. And he, he, having you in it is pretty much the only way we can do it. I, I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if it would have been able to work without me or not. But that's how they felt. I do. I'm sure it wouldn't have. 
it would have just felt like a ripoff. You because here's the deal: the, the NWO worked because it had a sense of reality. The premise of the NWO was that Scott Hall came over to, to, to WCW because he didn't like the way he was treated when he was there before, and now he was going to make everybody in WCW pay. And then Kevin Nash came along, and then you came along. That was the working premise. Disgruntled former WCW guys that went on to WWE to become big stars were now coming back to make everybody pay for not giving them the opportunities that they deserved. That's the elevator pitch, and it worked. And it was believable because of timing, because of the way we did it, because of the way some people hijacked certain aspects of certain characters. Right. I did that too. Um, it worked. But conversely, you worked for DX and you were successful in DX, an important part of it, for the exact same reason, because your story, the promo you cut yeah. on me and Hogan was from the heart. It might have been not been the smoothest, most articulate, you know, political speech someone could give but it was pure emotion based in reality and that's what connected to the audience and triple h paul sean anybody else in dx could not have pulled that off in a believable way they would have been acting you weren't acting you were reacting and therein lies the difference and and uh, i appreciate you saying that eric uh, and i i really think that um one of the big reasons that we were able to come out on top is that we were desperate. We were way more desperate. Like, I think you guys weren't, I, I, I just think you maybe were a little bit comfortable. Uh, you know, winning. I disagree with that. It was two things. One is, um, you did catch us by surprise. There's no question about that. I didn't think, you know, Vince would adapt that level of competitiveness where he would actually come back as you put it and judo us right out of our own ring right. use what we did so well and, and use it against us i n never anticipated that number one number two there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes i'm not blame you know blaming other people or trying to you know take the heat off myself i screwed up a lot of crap and i was thinking about that this morning actually um if i had to do it all over again you know what would i do differently but um, the truth is the company as a whole didn't want WCW to exist beginning in about 1998. I'm talking about Turner Broadcasting. They didn't want the company there to begin with. So even internally, as much as we were getting our asses judoed off by you yeah. guys and Vince McMahon, we were also getting judoed by our same um, – by our corporate – entity uh, in Turner Broadcasting. There were a lot of people that were trying to pull the rug out from underneath huh. us at the same time. Huh. Well, we really have to let Eric get going to do his show now. Do we? <laughs> I do believe, and actually, I think we wanted a little oh, debate cliffhanger. Yes. No, we want to leave them wanting more. They got to tune in to Bischoff on wrestling. I had a few more things I want. Ugh. I mean, it's I up, just to, it's up keep to Eric. On talking to Christy. That's all I want. Right? Okay. No kidding. Uh, well, there are some things. There. Oh my God, I got like a dozen things I want to. Uh. Anyways, Eric, I'll 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 keep them. On, I'll. I have notes on this. brother. We'll, do, we'll yes. do this again. We'll, well, we'll, we'll see you on the flip side on my show, but we'll, right. we'll go back. We'll try this format again. If people like it and it works, we can do this once a month or however often you want to because I dig it. It's, yeah. I, yeah, it's it, this is so far is so really, really good. Uh, but I'm going to keep these notes uh, for the other side of this when, uh, when we uh, get on your show. Sound good? Adios. I'll see you in a little while, Eric. Thank, Thank you, you so much, so man. Much, Eric. You're the best. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. That was awesome. Oh. And we will be right back to wrap it up it. so we can let Sean go and continue that, oh, that in so much just more. a moment. Stay tuned.
Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. Welcome back. We just chatted with Eric Bischoff. Sean's going to get that conversation re-rolling again in a second. Yes. But I have a burning question for you that what? I was waiting to ask throughout that. Did you say that you have a recording of Vince McMahon um, referring to mind. Ted Turner as an a-hole billionaire? You can't just drop that and not tell us. I, Yeah, but I'm not telling you. So, all right, too bad. shut down, people. <laughs> well, then why don't I don't you go ahead? I, I don't even know. I, you know, sometimes shit slips out of my mouth, and you know, like because we get conversational. It's not interview, man. It's I don't feel like I'm interviewing somebody. I'm having conversations. Right. So sometimes things will come out of my mouth that I shouldn't say, and that's maybe maybe not one of them. Uh, <laughs> and you wouldn't give up Brooke Hogan either, man. That's right. All well, right, I still well. have to maintain relationships with people, you know, <laughs> along with having a, you know, compelling show. All right, I guess that's so, understandable. So, Jimbo, what? dude, I'm sorry. You didn't get good. your chance at bat. Well, he'll come back. We'll get to talk. I have my list. We'll get to it oh, eventually. Man. It'll be fine. Now I feel Don't terrible. feel bad. Well, that's all right. Why don't, you, why don't you talk about something good? I think you have a special message for some of these I people do. that you love out there, I right? Do. That you were just talking Before. about? Before we go, I just want to say happy birthday to my beautiful daughter, Caitlin. She's 22 today. Oh, happy yes. birthday, Caitlin. Yeah, she's an amazing young lady. Uh, she was here at Christmas time, and it was awesome. Uh, and yesterday was my mother's birthday, oh. so they're a day apart. And my mother shares a birthday with Vince Russo. Yeah, so <laughs> happy belated birthday to Vince Russo as well. One yesterday. name that didn't come up that we didn't yes. get. We didn't get to but that either. Caitlin, I love you so much, and I'll talk to you a little bit later today. Mwah. Aww. Yeah. So sweet. We love that. Well, if you guys have questions that you want us to make sure we get in with Eric next time, make sure you follow us on all of our social media, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash xpoc12360show, and on Instagram at xpoc12360. And you can always follow me at Christy Reports. I appreciate it. Jimbo, where can they reach out to you? Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Check out my documentary, The Young Bucks Too Sweet Journey, at highspots.com. And the elusive Sean Waltman? At the Real X-Pac <laughs> on Twitter. At Real X-Pac on Instagram. And yeah. make sure you tune in to Bischoff on Wrestling, which you can also get on iTunes That's right. right after this. Nice. All right. We'll let, you, we'll let you get to it, Sean. Oh, hey. See you all next week right here on After Buzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling Christy Olsen, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling Mark Bidonica and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXbox, and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!